0: I'm back. Yes, we are back. It is the Sports Ethos Washington Wizards podcast. It has been a minute. You blame me for that, but we are here. The Dream Team, the CNC show, however you want to call it, Corbin and Carthen, back at it again with another one. And y'all, it has been a minute. Uh, first off, listen, the season ended rough. I'm sure y'all know this the Wizards fans. It was not great. Um, and everything happened everywhere all at once, right? Between, you know, draft free agency, all the things, but we're going to break this down. We're going to do an off-season breakdown, going to split into three parts. Uh, The first part is just about the reset beginning. Uh, The episodes that you have heard from Carthen and I, we've been talking about, you know, what the Wizards should do. And I'm happy to say I'm on the right side of history here, but hey, Bradley Beal, Albatross of a contract, move on. Kristaps, I'm not trying to tell Carthen we get my victory lap in, but – I might get my victory laughing here, but nah, so we're going to talk about that t- tonight or when y'all listen to this in the morning, whenever, um, and then the next episode will be more um focused on the draft, what our thoughts were heading into it, the results, what reviews we get that, and then the next and the closeout of this little mini-series will be about free agency and what moves the Wizards have made already and what they will continue to do and how we look at that. So before we can get started with all of that, let's bring in, obviously, the co-host of the show, Carthen, how you doing, my man?
1: I'm doing good, I feel it's, it. uh up here on the on the late night Eastern Standard Time, but you know we do what we gotta do to give y'all what you want Got yeah, about, about twelve thirty in the morning <laughs> Eastern Standard time, so you know yeah, listen give you all what you want
0: <laughs> Carhen is burning them in our oil for you people, all right the fine people. This is what you want. This is what you came for. This is what you're getting. So thank you, Carthon, for being a soldier for the good here. Um, but yeah, let's without fur- without further ado, let's get right into it, Carthon. We talked about this for a minute: what the Wizards should do, what they were going to do, were they going to just kind of go and settle for mediocrity? Were they going to make a move that shakes up, you know, the Eastern or Western Conference? Like what was going to happen? And then finally, it happened: June 22nd. Washington Wizards traded Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns in a blockbuster trade that brought in Chris Paul, who was head to Washington, who obviously has now been rerouted. But we're going to talk about the initial trade with just Bradley going to the Suns. Um, The Suns received Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd, while the Wizards received Chris Paul, Landry Shamet, six second round picks, 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027, 2028, and 2030 and four pick swaps in 2024, 2026, 2028, and 2030. For the deal to work under the cap, the Wizards need to guarantee an extra 9 million or so in Paul's salary, which brought his total guarantee up to around 25 million. And then they immediately look for a way to reroute Paul and they're able to ship him just a few days later to the Warriors for Jordan pool and picks. So, that move was was just massive, right? Made the Suns just even further cemented as a Western Conference contender. But we don't really care about Phoenix. They got their own thing going on. Whatever. Carton, Bradley Beal gone. All these picks and such in. What was your immediate reaction to Bradley Beal being gone? You had a couple of days to marinate on it. What are your thoughts after?
1: To be honest with you, it needed to happen. And... Again, I will say you did say that this should happen. So Appreciate I'm not going to take nothing from you when you say that. However, Thank you, sir. there were some things that came about it and can, and happened that showed that this was the route that needed to go, that the Wizards needed to go. Um, during the season, Bradley Bill was not playing in every game that he could play. It was starting to become very obvious that this was a money move for him. Uh, he signed. You listen to some of his uh, podcasts that he did over the courses last year. Where he talked about one of them being him coming back to Washington because there wasn't anything out there for him in free agency uh and this was the best deal for him moving forward. Um season came about there were some injuries that occurred that you would question whether he should have been out as long as he was. And he made comments that referred to him not uh, coming back when he necessarily could have. Um, He wasn't there to lead his team. I mean, that's the, the, the truth of the matter was he wasn't there to lead his team. The Wizards were a better team than their record reflected. A large part of it had to do with injuries, mm-hmm. but your team is as good as your leader. Your team plays to your leaders, uh, to the way that your leader leads the team. And there were a lot of questions about his toughness. Yeah. I I do a lot of reading about Wizards and, you know, listen to to the fans as well as other um uh, sports uh people out there and that's one of the big things that people talked about when it came to the Wizards last year was the toughness of the team. And The Phoenix Suns hopefully will get the best of Bradley Beal. During his uh, press conference, he talked about being able to play in meaningful games. Knowing every night he's going to be playing in a meaningful game. I'm going to be eager to see how he plays and how he goes about his daily activities when it comes to him playing with phoenix because it will tell a lot about the way that he went about things with the wizards um i'm hoping that this was a win-win for both for both parties When it comes to us, initially, I'll tell you, I was a little bit upset about the draft compensation for the deal, and we we had discussions about it. But as time went on, and as I started to learn a little bit more about the new CBA and how things are going to play out with the new CBA, I realized very quickly that the Wizards are, the Wizards front office recognized something very quickly when the new CBA came out and they pounced on that opportunity. And what that is, is that the second round picks are gold at this current moment it's not about getting first round picks per se right now for any team that is necessarily trying to rebuild. And why do I say that? Because with the advent of the new aprons and the amount of money that is, that the owners have to give up for going over the luxury tax, and the different aprons, it is very incentivized through the CBA to reach a new level of parity in the NBA. And what I mean by that is the NBA has made it so that these super teams, like a Golden State, you can't just keep stacking your squad. And paying the pennies that you were paying in luxury tax money versus, uh, and knowing that you can just keep doing what you were doing, yeah, it's not permissible you, now, you can't do that anymore. So, why does second round picks become gold? First round picks have a rookie wage scale, you get drafted and pick. Whatever, so we'll use pick six I mean we'll use pick seven this year because the Wizards essentially ended up with pick seven mm-hmm. but like Kulabali mm-hmm. ended up getting 4.5 million dollars for his first year, and we're talk on, about a four year on a, on a four-year 30 million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. So I bring that up because that's how much the seventh pick over the seventh overall pick is guaranteed to get in his first year a second round pick is negotiable. They don't have a rookie wage scale for the second round picks. So they can negotiate the contract with them. So for a team like Golden State who is well over the luxury tax, they for we're going to hypothetically use 150 or No, let's just use 100%. They have to pay 100% in luxury tax to a player. So once they reached apron number two, the luxury tax is 100% of what you're over that number. So if you sign a player for... The veteran minimum of $2 million, let's say. You now have to pay into the luxury tax that $2 million, an additional $2 million. So you have to get your, and, and that's just the money aspect. That's not all of the other stuff that goes into it. But in order for the owners to not have to pay out all that money, they have to get back underneath those different tax aprons how do you do that well you have two options you keep your high court you keep your core people with high salaries you have to subsidize to get to, to get your thir- minimum of 13 players you have to either a sign very young and very inexpensive non-drafted free agents or you have to get a ton of second-round picks where you can negotiate their salary so that you can keep your salary numbers down. So what happens when a team like Golden State, whose salary is extremely high, wants to get more players because they need bodies in order to fill their roster They find a team with a lot of second round picks Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, we'll trade you two seconds for a first. Mm. Good old two for one. So now everybody's like, we don't have any first. We didn't get no first round picks. Well, the 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 key to everything is the fact that the more second round picks you have, and the higher a team salary cap is, the better chance you have of getting high first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. But also, how it works is Golden State, and we we haven't got into this yet, but we're going to talk about it a little more. So I'm gonna just throw this little snippet out there. Okay. With the Golden State trade with Chris Paul. Why did they make that move? It wasn't just about, ugh. you know what? We're gonna, I'm going to hold off on that. I'm okay, going to hold off on we about that.
0: We got free. That's the next episode. We're going we gonna to get, or that's a, a free agency. We're going to get into that. We're going to dive into that. And we might even do one, ladies and gentlemen, just on, on general observations. Of free agents
1: and, and trades, and, and but that that one is is something we we can do a little tonight because that that has to do with the trade that that you're yeah. talking about right now. it's the, yeah. the third part to it, but the third part. But, third but let part. me, uh huh. Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh well, no, I want to kind of it's like kind of steer in terms of the conversation of Bradley Beal going back to that because we talked about obviously the picks and not being happy with a turn. But did you have? When, when you knew that the, the Wiz were going to work with the Bradley Beal trade, did you have a team in mind or a trade package in mind that you were interested in? Obviously, we know, like you said, it had to be done. We kind of have our feelings out the way on that. We know what happened. Uh, we know what the, end, up, the, what the re- end result was in terms of the trade package for Bradley Beal. But did you have a team in mind or a package in mind that you were looking for or hoping would happen before the inevitable deal came done?
1: Well, because of Bradley Bill's no-trade clause, you kind of had to wait to see hear the teams that he would be interested in going to. Mm-hmm. So you had two teams that was mainly being discussed. It was the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. So honestly, based off of the two trades that were being discussed, of course, I wanted the Miami Heat deal because... I didn't fully understand the magnitude of the new CBA. And they were offering two first-round picks, Duncan Robinson and uh, Kyle Lowry. So because they were offering the two first-round picks, I was like, that'll help with our rebuild and different things like that. That sounds well and good. But, and also because we really didn't know what the... Phoenix deal was actually offering so I I was leaning towards the Miami deal but as I stated once I found out what the compensation was coming back from Bradley bill Mm -hmm. and the understanding that I'm that I'm starting to get when it comes to the CBA I preferred the deal that we ended up getting
0: that makes sense. Totally understand that for sure. I I guess looking back, um, let's look at just the initial return for, uh, well, not even that. Before we even go into the return, we were talking about the return for Beal. Are you up? Optim- are you saddened by the loss of Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd? Did you think that they would be players that would fit on this rebuilding Wizards team? Did you think that they were just kind of cool, scrappy players that will kind of work either way, like, yeah, I wish we had them, but it didn't really matter. What are your thoughts on those two players being tossed in the deal? Players that I think will be able to at least attempt to make an impact for
1: Phoenix. The only one I was uh, upset about losing was uh, Jordan Goodwin. Mm. Jordan Goodwin was the type of player that I felt that we needed to build our team around. And when I say that, I mean his demeanor. He was a culture he was a culture person. You want those scrappy guys that got heart, that aren't soft, going to put it all on the line every night, regardless if he's dropping 30 points or he's dropping two points because he's not making a lot of, of points. Every possession matters to him. Every possession he puts it all on the line. He plays defense like defense should be played. Those are the type of people that you don't want to get rid of. Those are the type of people that you keep around because they are worth having around. Mm -hmm. So he was the only one that I really had an issue with leaving when the deal finally came out to say who was going actually two things. Isaiah Todd never showed me anything, so I really wasn't worried about him going. And I understood why he was not even, it wasn't even that big of a, a deal or consideration once everything came about. I get you. Okay, that makes sense. I get you on that.
0: So I, I, I guess I want to put not a bow on the Bradley Beal trade. There's one of those things that going to have reverberations uh, across the way we do this pod in terms of looking at the Wizards moving on. Um, we might do a little look back on Bradley Beal's legacy in Washington. We'll, we'll have we'll have that conversation at another time here. Um, but putting a, a, a bow in the Wizards' Bradley Beal trade for now. I guess my question for you is, is you look at these picks, you look at these pick swaps, you talk about the value you, we, that you have there. Are you happy with Landry, Shamit, and Jordan Poole? And we might as well talk about that as well. One kind of leads into the other. Chris Paul being, of course, turned to Washington, to Golden State for picks, and, of course, Jordan Poole. So you look at your return, basically, Jordan Poole, uh, a plethora of picks and pick swaps, and Landry, Shamit. What is your view of that return as
1: a whole? So, you kind of got to look at it in a deeper light. Let's get it. Washington in that trade, if you really take a deep dive into the three-team trade, Washington trades Bradley Bill, Jordan Goodwin, Isaiah Todd, the Phoenix Suns give up all those picks that we talked about to Washington. The Golden State Warriors get Chris Paul and his expiring contract. And for Chris Paul's expiring contract, the Wizards received Jordan Poole, the 2022 first round draft pick, the 2022 second round draft pick, they received the 2027 second round draft pick, and the 2030 protected first-round draft pick. So when you look at it in that context, yes, those players were already drafted. Yes, those players were already on the team, played last year and everything else like that. But they've only been in the league one year. So Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rollins, are coming to Washington from Golden State as well as Jordan Poole with a first and a second round draft pick coming with that as well. So if you look at the quote-unquote draft capital that the Wizards got out of that entire deal, they got for Bradley Beal, Jordan Poole, and Isaiah Todd, They got a grand total of seven second round draft picks, eight if you include 2022. So, eight second round draft picks, two first round draft picks, and four player swaps. That's a lot of draft capital because those two young men that we got from last year aren't even developed guys. So it's almost like they got drafted and then got traded to the Wizards. So it's not like they, they're like really vet vets. They're veterans in the aspect that they got one year in the league. So you they're still clay that needs to be molded in that whole ordeal as well Patrick Baldwin barely played last year because he was injured Ryan Rollins barely played because he played behind Jordan Poole the Splash Brothers Devin Chingo he had a bunch of people he was behind so he barely played too so it's almost like it's their rookie huh No, Ryan Rollins. Rollins.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree.
1: So, you can kind of throw them in as rookies this year because this is going to be the first year they actually get any real minutes. Mm. So, the return that they got back from this Bradley Bill trade turned out to be a really huge trade. Landry Schmidt, he's going to be either traded at the deadline or he'd be gone next year. He was just he, he was just there for the money. They needed to yeah. use him in order to make the deal work.
0: I mean, I guess he brings a decent shooter. Obviously, the, I think he's one of those players where the reputation of shooter is bigger than his actual body of work.
1: Correct. And I honestly think that he's going to be gone at the deadline. I think they're going to find a way to move him at the deadline. For probably some second round picks or a second round pick. Mm -hmm. But they're going to try to move as many of these big money vets as they can.
0: Wow. I get you. I guess let me ask you this then. What do you feel about the... I guess, uh, but do you think that this is Jordan Poole's team now? Is he the, the linchpin of the rebuild? What are your thoughts on him as a player on this roster as it kind of builds around him? I mean, obviously, I wouldn't say he's the person you build around when you have Kyle Kuzma. We'll talk about him later a little bit more. But what are your thoughts on Jordan Poole as a, a foundational piece?
1: I'm Jordan Poole, if he is a part of the rebuild the, actually there for the for the long haul mm-hmm. I think Jordan Poole is going to shine kind of like how I talked to you about Kyle Kuzma when he was in LA with LeBron mm. and how a lot of the young guys that you all had before LeBron got there when they left LA they shine. And I say that because Jordan Poole will get A, he'll get more minutes. B he'll play in a different type of system. Now that's going that's where the interesting part is going to happen is to see how he fits into what's on sale system. He he's going to be one of the one the one of the top two options. So he's going to get he's going to have the ability to put up more shots. I think at this current moment, mm-hmm. he's a better shooter than Bradley Beal.
0: Whoa. Well, actually, that's not that big of a take. It sounds big when I first hear but you're right. Look at the numbers. Bradley Beal has been uh, – the, the reputation of a shooter has been more than the actual body of work recently over the last couple of years. Correct. Yeah. No. So, you're right about that. Yeah, looking at Bradley Beal's numbers, I mean, we're talking about a guy who hovers sub-35% from three. Um, and yeah, he takes them and and that's good, but like, well, actually this before his career is 37% from three, but if you look at the last three years, this past year, he shot 36.5, which actually is one of his better shooting years from three, his best shooting year from three in the last seven seasons. Yeah. Before that, he shot 30%, 34, 35, 35, 37. So last six seasons. So, yeah. But um, anyway, going back to what you said,
1: Jordan Poole being a better shooter. And with Jordan Poole being a better shooter, a better dribbler, and and being a better shooter off the dribble, I think Jordan Poole has the ability to be an all-star on the Wizards team. He doesn't have to fight for shots the way he had to with Golden State. He's a proven 20-plus point-per-game shooter even on Golden State's team with the shooting that they had on their team. He was still a 20-plus point-per-game score. Um, I think he, has, he can be what the Wizards need. Especially if he's playing with Tyrus Jones. Tyrus Jones is one of, if not the best assist to turnover ratio guy in the league. So him having the ability to be able to set Jordan Poole up will make things a lot easier for Jordan Poole when it comes to catch and shoot. It will also... um, make it easier for Jordan Poole because there will be a second ball handler to play off of. So I think Jordan Poole has the ability to be something special here if the Wizards decide that he is not just a player that they got going to let him boost his numbers up and then ship him off for draft capital. Okay, that makes sense.
0: I get you. So you're you don't seem to be high on him as a player other than him having the opportunity to put up productive numbers. Is
1: that what I'm getting? No, I'm I'm high on him because I've liked him from the get-go. I I, I liked Jordan Poole when he played for Golden State. I thought that he was I thought I thought of him like I thought of Tyrus Jones, in all honesty. Both of them were guards that sat behind great guards that I felt if they had the opportunity to get out of the shadow of those great guards, they would be great in their own right. Mm.
0: I get you. I get you. Okay. So you feel like he just didn't have the chance to shine that he will have in Washington as a featured player. I'm curious about those types of guys because – Like, yeah, guys who look good in a situation where all they do is get buckets is great. Sometimes they can flourish and become stars. Other times, they're just a guy who get a lot of shots on bad teams. And I'm not quite sure where I have Jordan Poole in that mix. Defensively, he's not super great when he's not scoring. What is he doing? He's shown flashes of playmaking for sure, but we saw him get played off the floor up in the in the Western Conference semis last year with Golden State. Now, mind you, some of that you could put through the year-long drama of what happened between him and Draymond Green, but some of those is basketball on the floor and you not being effective, not being able to play defense, and if your shots aren't falling, you're not bringing value. So I'm curious as to what he brings there, but he is a young guy on a contract moving forward long-term. He's young enough to be one of the pieces on your next decent Wizards team, and he's shown enough that I think that he can I think he could be like a 24, 25 points per game score. I'm not going to go much more than that because we also haven't seen Jordan Poole be the main focus of defensive attention night in, night out, like he will be alongside Kyle Kuzma. But the dude can get buckets.
1: He can. And, again, like I was saying with in, in regards to him, when you have a point guard who is number one in the league in, in assist-to-turnover ratio. I mean, we've had they've had nights where um when John Morant was out and Tyrus Jones was uh the starting point guard, if I'm not mistaken, I would have to look up the numbers again. But the night that Tyrus Jones had his triple double, he had 14 assists, no turnovers. He does not turn the ball over. He he's one of those guys that can play at a very high level without turning the ball over. He can score. He can pass at almost, he can pass at almost elite level. Mm. And so having it so that Jordan Poole doesn't have to do everything, I think honestly, both him and Kyle Kuzma will, uh, benefit from Tyrus Jones because Tyrus Jones is a, he's enough of an aggressive point guard that he will command attention in the paint that will allow for Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole to get open looks as well as I believe Corey Kispert's going to really benefit from Tyrus Jones.
0: Wow. That makes sense. I could see that. I could see that. I could see that. I I, I guess, which player do you think is impacted most by Jordan Poole's addition on that team? I mean, obviously, or, or is it Ty's Jones? Because Ty's Jones is going to help everyone out. Like you said, one of the best in assist turnover ratio, decent score in his own right. You know, like, he's a solid guard. And you do have – it's going to be a bad team, but an intriguing team with Denny there as well and Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma and you have Landry Shamet, and you have Corey Kispert. You know, you have um, uh, Daniel Gafford. You have some interesting guys up and down that lineup. Not good guys. I mean, I mean, not great guys, but interesting.
1: And but and Bilal shot forty what forty two percent last year. Uh, he did oh, but from it was three so with small ver, small with small very li- right. I was gonna say with very limited. Yeah, like uh, with, but even with that being the case, he shows the ability that he can shoot. So uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. I I'm understand. not saying I, I'm I'm not going to sit up here and and predict that he's going to be a forty percent three point shooter in the NBA. In his first year or anything like that, he may not ever be a 40 percent three uh, point shooter in the NBA. But all I I say that to say. He will benefit from both guards being in the game because Jordan Poole likes to also go to the basket. He, he likes to facilitate as well. Although it's, it's a lot of times it's a little flashy, but he still likes to facilitate. And with his ability to drive to the basket as well as shoot, he will; those guys will benefit from his ability, his his offensive tools. Mm.
0: That makes sense. I get you. That makes sense. Interesting. I, I I don't know. I think it's a nice. I mean, listen. I'd rather have twenty four year old Jordan Pool than thirty eight year old going on 39 year old Chris Paul right that just makes more sense right I got picks right. I got young players we're not going to be good anyway so might as well go with that but yeah I think it's one that's definitely going to be interested to look back on and I think as we take further stock of what the Wizards are doing on our free agency episode with the moves they made we can take stock of this team as a whole but let's move on here we are almost 40 minutes which we needed to do for Bradley Beal but that was not the only trade we were talking about today of course we got the Chris Porzingis trade as well Yes, he is finally moved. Christoph Porzingis, after a career year in Washington, was routed to the Celtics in a deal that obviously got Tyus Jones to the Wizards and Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies. So let's break that down real quick. Celtics received Christoph Porzingis, the number 25 pick in the draft, and the 2024 first-round pick, top four protected from the Warriors. The Grizzlies received Marcus Smart from the Celtics and the Wizards received Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, or Tyus Jones from the Grizzlies, Danilo Gallinari, and Mike Muscala from the Celtics and the number 35 pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, I honestly would be surprised. I think Danilo Gallinari is definitely going to be a buyout, and I think it's safe to assume that Muscala would as well. But last season is average 23.2 points per game, along with 8.4 rebounds, 2.7 assists, and 1.5 blocks per game in just under 33 minutes. Uh, He played in 65 games, which is the most that he's played in since 2016-2017. Had a really healthy season and now is going to the Boston Celtics, fourth team, where they have Malcolm Brogdon, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams. They're going to be pretty solid. Um. Also, shortly after that, Kristaps uh, Porzingis agreed with Boston to a two-year, sixty million dollar contract extension that will lock him up through age thirty for him. So that is something to bring up. Um. As far as the Wizards, I mean, Tyus Jones. He's been looked at as one of the league's best backups. He had a career. Year last year had uh 10.3 points, 5.2 assists, and 20 in 24 minutes per game uh, across 80 games. All of that career highs. Uh, this will show that he's ready to lead a team that wasn't going to happen uh, as long as John Morant is there. Even with John Morant missing the first 24 games, or whatever that would just be another sample for Tyus Jones and not a full run. So now he has that as well. But this is the move that happened as well. I mean, obviously we we knew that. This might have been coming, Carthen, after Tommy Shepard was fired in mid-April, after, of course, them missing both the playoffs and the play-in tournament. And then, of course, a month later, the, the Wizards hired uh, Michael Winger from the Clippers as president of Monumental Basketball. So we knew these moves were happening. The Bradley Beal trade was a big one. But now we have the Chris South for Zingas trade. When you heard about this trade and, and, and who you were getting back and all of that, what were your thoughts, Carthen?
1: It didn't make sense to me.
0: Ah, okay.
1: It didn't make sense at all because we gave up the best player, and it seemed like the Celtics got the better end of the deal. That it did. Uh, yes, Marcus Smart was the defensive player of the year, but he was no Christoph Porzingis. Kristoff was. A borderline should have been all star this year. Um, Would have been if he was on a better uh, team, if a better record team. Um, to only get back Tyrus Jones, two buyout candidates, and a second round pick was. mind-boggling to me. I still don't get that deal because Kristoff was technically on a um, expiring contract. Yeah. Yes, we could have lost him for nothing if he would have opted out, but the truth of the matter is nobody had the money to get him in free agency. Nobody had the $30 million he was looking for or $30 million plus he was looking for in a new deal. So they were going to have to sign and trade for him anyway. So there really was no leverage that he had to say, you trade me or I'm going to opt out. Because the truth of the matter is we got the same. We would have got similar we would have got a similar deal if he would have opted out. Mm. Um. Yes, like I said, Tyrus Jones is a good point guard. But also, I mean, let's be completely honest, the Wizards are in a rebuild and who knows if it's a Tear it, tear down a complete house like Oklahoma City did, or if it is a, we're going to tear down all the house except for one wall so that we can rebuild the house under old um, building uh, codes and not new building codes. And what I mean by that is, I'm about to say
0: you got the firefighter experience. Let's hear it
1: what i mean by that is they are rebuilding but they're not going with a completely young squad that it, it's closer to a rebuild than a rebuild
0: that makes sense that makes
1: sense or are, so it's it's unknown which way it's going to go because After this year, the Wizards are going to have a significant amount of salary cap. And even with the signings of Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma, they're still going to have a significant amount of salary cap available to them to take on bad contracts to get more draft capital. Mm -hmm. And We know that the Wizards don't want to necessarily be good because the better they are, the more likely they will have to give up the first round pick to the New York Knicks. Mm -hmm. So in order to play that game with the Knicks, they have to be bad so that they don't have to give up that first round pick. That will slow down the rebuild of what they're trying to do. They wanna they've come out, Will Will Dawkins and Michael Winger have come out and said they want to build through the draft. That's all well and good. But you can't build through the draft if you're giving up if your draft pick's going somewhere else. That's true. So you gotta be bad to keep that pit. Eventually, New York, if they stay bad enough long enough we'll get two second-round picks, which ain't going to hurt the Wizards at all because they got 38,000 of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying in in that way. So, I mean, long-term, I'm trying to find the right question to kind of phrase this. Okay, let's look at it this way. Obviously, the picks were the value that the Wizards got in these two deals. I was very upset that they seem to have only gotten one first-round pick between Bradley Beal and Christoph Porzingis. Like, that really kind of ticked me off in terms of both those guys. Yeah, I know they're not, like, great stars in the grand scheme of things, but they're great players in the NBA. I'd say top 40 players in the NBA, the both of them. Were you upset that the Wizards collected second-round picks out the wazoo but didn't come up with a, a lot of first-round picks? Were you not surprised? What were your thoughts on that? Do you think that this package was – Satisfactory for the two, given that Porzingis could have just left for free, and Beal had a no trade clause. Like, let's kind of sum up the the the, the reset
1: moves. So Beal, after hearing what we did receive, I wasn't too mad. I thought we really—I would have loved to have gotten more first-round picks. However, I knew that Phoenix didn't have it. They, gave, they got rid of all their first-round picks um, to... Acquired Durant. Correct. So they didn't have any first-round picks. So us getting all of the second-round picks that they could essentially trade and all of the player swaps that they technically could acquire, that they could give away with the fact that Bradley Dill had complete and utter control of where he went, I thought that deal was fair. As far as Kristoff, no, not at all. I don't feel like that deal was fair at all. For Even the wizard.
0: He could have just left, essentially.
1: Where would he have went Nobody could afford to pay him what he was making or what he was trying to get in a new contract without a signing trade. So eventually, what ended up happening was going to end up happening either way. Or he was coming back to Washington like Kyle Kuzma did because nobody had the money to sign him.
0: I mean, I, I get you, but I don't think you are getting a treasure trove for that. Like, yeah, like, I guess like, where's it going to go? I'm sure he could, I mean, not, I mean, people, with the money that people had, he probably would have been on the bad team, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I think that it was better. I would have expected more from Beal than Przingis.
1: Oh, most definitely. I would expect more from Beal than for Przingis. However, like I said, For Boston to get two first round picks and Parzingis in a deal and the Wizards get three bench players in a second round pick.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not saying it's ideal.
1: it's, It's not even it's not even close in my opinion. Because
0: what were you ex- okay? Let me ask this. What, oh, let me let me let me let you finish. I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. What were you expecting for a deal for poor Zingus? Like that's probably a better question. Like, yeah, you're not happy with the return that was brought, but what were you looking for as a return?
1: Well, saying that the fact that we did Boston a favor because Boston could not afford him under the, under the circumstances that they were being dealt. Because Marcus Smart getting sent there as a part of the three-way deal helped them be able to get the money situation together to make this deal happen. we should have gotten at least one of those first round picks. Even if it was the 2024 first round pick, because they wouldn't have gotten Porzingis any other way, except for in the, the way that they got. Him. Okay.
0: I mean, I get what you're saying a little bit better, I think. So at least a first round is what you were looking for.
1: Yeah. I mean, if two first round picks were going to be involved in the deal, one of them should have came to Washington, because we took on two bad contracts from Boston, as well as we gave you all kristoffs without making you have to figure out a way to get him via free agency, which would have still ended up coming back to Washington, coming back through Washington. And he wouldn't have been a part of that trade. Uh, Marcus Smart wouldn't have been a part of that trade.
0: That makes sense. I I get where you're coming from with that. So basically, uh, you would have won at least two or three first-round picks from that package.
1: No, one would have been suffice because, again, he could have – if he would have left, then – Oh, we I'm, would have got nothing.
0: Yeah, no, no. I meant between Beal and Porzingis. I mean, yes, I meant.
1: Oh, between Beal and Porzingis. Yes. I mean, I would, I, I would have loved to have gotten the the two first from Miami and the the first from the Boston trade. However, again, if you look at, as the CBA shows, they're probably going to get somewhere at that number or north of that number in first-round picks just off of the second-round picks anyway because the teams are going to need those picks to fill their roster. And the other teams are not going to be able to afford to pay a first-round draft pick. And, And in terms of trying to stay under those aprons and having to pay out so much more money as well as the penalties associated with being over those aprons.
0: Okay, that makes sense. I get what you're saying. That 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 makes a lot of sense. I get you. Interesting. Wow. This has been, I mean, just shy of an hour, but a little bit of a deep dive on on the on the nerdy side here got Carter to kind of flex the the the, the nerd brain of his on on the return package and the value of second round picks. And ultimately I I, I guess we got to close out by asking you individually and then collectively, Carthen, where would you grade the Bradley Beal trade on an A to F scale? Where would you grade the Porzingis trade on an A to F scale? And in totality right now, first leg of the off season for Washington kind of done in their reset with these two moves of their more uh, established stars. What would you give the grade so far?
1: Bradley Bill, all things considered, because he forced the team that he wanted to go to. It was the only team he waived his no trade clause. I would give it an I would give it a B plus. Only reason I give it a B plus is because Jordan Goodwin left. Okay. You as far as Oh, go ahead.
0: You would have given it more had you been able to keep Goodwin.
1: Correct. I would have given it more had we been able to keep good. Because um, if we're going to go young, and that's what we are doing with this rebuild, we're, we're, we're taking on young people. Jordan Goodwin proved that he could be a quality NBA point guard. And what I, I would have loved to seen him play with more minutes, having the ability to play uh, w- with more minutes,
0: that makes a ton of sense. I get you on that for sure. I agree. So, be in totality for that. You would like to have kept Goodwin. I think he will, you know, carve out a role for himself as a young, scrappy, defensive-focused guard in Phoenix. Right? Good pickup for them Correct. in addition to Bradley Beal. So, I definitely get you in terms of not having the value there. Um, now we go to the Porzingis trade. What are your thoughts on that? Um, what is your grade for
1: for that move? Probably a C minus. C minus. Oh, okay. I, I, I felt like there was stuff left on the table. I, I felt like there was draft capital left on the table. Even if they would have gotten a couple more seconds out of the deal, I would have been fine. But to, in my opinion, get the third best package out of the deal when you gave up the best player in the deal, that doesn't that doesn't equal up to me. Doesn't sit right with so, you. So, like I said, if they would even if they would have, finagled two two more second-round picks out of it. Porzingis in itself was worth more than three bench players, two two of which are buyout candidates and a second-round pick.
0: In Muscala and Gallinari, absolutely. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's going to happen while we're still in this offseason period. I agree. You're right. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it'd be nice to get more value in that way. Maybe even just another young player, Peyton Pritchard, would have been nice, you know, someone to that effect, something to that effect. I agree with you for sure. And then last but not least, taking both trades into account, totality here, Wizards obviously moving from their two stars, both of those players being moved. As the beginning of a reset, what do you give both those trades in a combined grade?
1: In a combined grade, I would probably say a strong B because I feel like the Bradley Bill trade, when you include the three teams, the Bradley Bill trade was a lot more, I had a lot more weight to things with getting the 2022 first and second round draft picks from Golden State, as well as Jordan Poole and the two draft picks that they got out of that deal. I believe that deal in itself has a whole lot more weight than the deal of Porzingis and my grade
0: And that's fair. That makes a lot of sense. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. And, I mean, if I had to give the Bradley Beal deal a trade, given that they ended up coming out of it with a guy in Jordan Goodwin, I'd probably give it a B, same as you. Um, I'm not as low on the Porzingis trade. Again, I don't really – I uh, first would have been nice, um, and I guess I'm gonna knock the final grade for that. A first would have been nice, but we didn't get that. With that being said, um, I'd probably give that trade probably be as well. I mean, listen, the guy could have gone nice, I've gotten something for that, but at this end of the day, a couple seconds for a play that was already going to leave. I'm not losing my mind over that. Um, in totality, though, I'm going to give both trades a C. You don't get rid of a, a two guys. One multi-time all-star who had another solid season last year, even while battling injuries, while another in Christos Porzingis who could have been an all-star. Mind you, strong class for of all, all-stars. I get why he wasn't one, but he could have been one. And you don't tell me that you can't get at least two firsts, a first per trade, for a player. That just doesn't make sense to me, um, and I can't reconcile that. So even with the guy like Tyus Jones, even with the guy like um, a... Um, losing a a, a Jordan pool Um, even with all the second round picks and pick swaps you have I would have liked some more outright first at some point even if you protected it heavily just something just for the sake of saying hey for our 10 pool star we got a a premium asset in terms of draft capital even in name only and that wasn't something that happened and so I can't give them uh, a really resounding grade for that so it's going to be a C for me for sure
1: wow that's understandable
0: Yeah, that's just, and that's just the way I look at it. We're going to have a more, I think in this one, we were more in agreement just because, listen, it had to be done. You know, they kind of were up against a rock and a hard place. I, I definitely wish they had squeezed some more out of it. But as you can tell, I'm not super high on this front office. So like, I mean, it's the new front office now, but I wasn't high on the front office going in. So I'm not surprised they weren't, you know, but here we are. Right. But listen, this is our first episode. Part one, the reset, like it or not, Wizards fans, we are entering a new era for the Washington Wizards, right? Uh, the, the days of, of, of fighting for a play-in spot are probably gone for the next couple of years. Next year, possibly. Maybe this Wizards team goes around the of a 2013 Denver Nuggets and surprises some folks. I don't know. It, it's possible. But like as it stands right now, we're, we're, it's it's being overhauled. New sheriff in town, out with the old guard, in with some newer players. Um, and Carth and I will be discussing... That next, on our next installment here in our mini-series of the Off-Season Breakdown, when we talk about the draft, um, what the Wizards kind of went into, what we were looking at um, that might happen or we were hopeful would happen, what ended up happening, and then we're going to pick Carthen's scouting brain and get a little bit of scouting report on our on the Wizards' newest acquisition um, from the draft. So that'll be really cool to get a first-hand breakdown of Carthon's scouting perspective on uh, Bilal Bali. So that'll be fun. But um, until then, Carthen, do you have any final thoughts you want to share with the audience before we sign off here?
1: Yeah, something just popped up. Let's hear it. Another thing with the Kristoff thing. If we're in a rebuild mode and he did decide to leave and we got nothing out of it, mm-hmm. we still – get something out of it because then we would have been $36 million less on, on the cap. Instead, we are we still have that money on the books this year. And all we got out of it was a second-round draft and three bench players. So that right there is just another thing because if the money is what we were looking for to get more draft capital, We pushed that down, we kicked that can down the road more just to facilitate a trade for Kristoff's to go to a place he wanted to be able to go. And we did not get really anything in return.
0: I get what you mean. That's true. Again, you bring in the extra detail that this show needs in terms of, hey, Uh, In my mind, he's just gone. It is what it is. But no, from a financial aspect, you're right. There would have been some cap relief that there isn't now, right, Um, due to the way the Wizards uh, handled that. And it's unfortunate. I mean, definitely wish Kristaps well. I mean, he came. He played well. You know, good year for him. Um, Moving forward, if your organization, yeah, probably not the happiest with how that turned out. But you're right. To not get a pick and to not even get some relief there, it, it, it does suck. So I'm definitely with you on that for sure. But um, listen, Carthen, tell the good folks where they can find you. Um, let them know any ideas, anything you have planned coming up this offseason. Uh, I'm definitely excited about what we can do here together, Carthen. I want to do some offseason deep dives, not only on this team, but also looking back. Maybe we'll watch a game together on old Wizards tape and kind of scout, give some analysis. It'll be interesting to kind of see the, the um ideas that we can do. But what do you have in mind or any ideas that are early that are coming up for you uh, that you want to share with the folks?
1: Well, first, you can find me on Twitter. That's the main place you can find me, MBA. Uh, Carthan NBA. That's um, C A R T H A N NBA. There you can reach out to me. I would love to sit down and have conversations with you and talk, just talk Wizards basketball. You talk NBA as a whole. It doesn't matter to me. I just love going and talking about the NBA. Um, you can find me there. As far as things that have gone on, it's just following the NBA, looking at the different moves that we're making, looking forward to watching some summer league games. Wish I could be there this year. I, got, uh, I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to be able to watch a lot of the games live last year. Um, not able to do it this year, but... I'm going to try to watch as many of them as I can on TV and be able to scout the Wizards and maybe be able to do some analysis of the games uh, after the after the games and things. Me and Corbin to be able to do that and talk about what we see from the young guys because the truth the the truth is a lot of the guys that are on our summer league team are going to be on the regular team this year because of the way that we went about uh, rebuilding the team with young people. Again, we we look at all of the draft picks from previous years that are going to be on this team, as well as this year, not just the ones we drafted ourselves, but the ones that we acquired via trade that are going to allow to be on the team and be able to uh, showcase their skills. So I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing how uh, looking forward to seeing how they play together. And once that happens uh we'll definitely be there to talk about it.
0: Yes sir, absolutely. I'm excited about that for sure. Um Definitely with you. I think it's going to be a good idea. That's a good idea to definitely look at some some games of Wizards play coming up. Uh, as we drop this, by the time you listen to this, uh, it will be the start of Summer League. So that's going to be exciting for sure. Um, Definitely want folks to, to tune in and check that out. And, and I'm sure Carth and I will, you know, watch some games, have some analysis, maybe watch one together, talk about it. We'll kind of see the schedule and see how that looks. But Karth said it. There's going to be a lot of overlap between what we see here in July and what we'll see in October. So definitely want to check that out and and see where the Wizards go because, again, this is a, a new chapter for them, right? this is Either way, it, whether it's a reset or, or, or a rebuild, um, it's definitely a little more than a retool. So definitely want to kind of see what happens there. Uh, definitely make sure to check out Carthan again on Twitter at CarthanNBA, C-A-R-T-H-A-N-N-B-A. Definitely the guy notes the stuff, as y'all can tell if you listen to this episode. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at C O R B A N MBA C-O-R-B-A-N-B-A. Definitely appreciate that. In addition to talking Wizards, talk some Hornets, talk some basketball. I'm just like Carthin. I love the hoops. Also, I'm like Carthen in that I will not be at some league this year, and I'm kind of upset about that. But the time it didn't work out, uh, just had a blast last time. would love to have done it again. But, you know, we have till next year to do that. In the meantime, between time, I'm going to watch a ton of film, and definitely want to talk that out. So definitely make sure to check me out there. I'm looking forward to having these conversations, but that will take us to the end of this episode. If you listen to the end, we really appreciate y'all check out sports, Ethos wizards, wherever you find your podcast, give us a review, let us know good, bad, indifferent, ugly. We don't care. We want to hear it. It'll help us get better uh, and make the show get better and give a better product for y'all. So definitely make sure to do that. And with that for Carthen, for myself, We are Frosty, y'all stay Frosty, and until next time, as always, go.